Good morning, Thrive Church. <laughs> you look good. Man, I had the opportunity of walking around and checking you guys out earlier. A lot of sharp-looking people go to this church. And uh, it's an honor meeting some of you. Let me tell you, your pastor is great. I, yeah, you can give, yeah, give him a big hand. You know, I, I actually uh, retired three years ago. That lasted about six months. And then uh, what happened is I started ministering to pastors, loving up pastors, and now it's just completely exploded. And we have about 30 or more other pastors that I lead to minister to pastors. And so it's just great. And your pastor, I met him, I came to your church when you guys weren't here, it was a weekday, spent some time with him, just loved him up, and I just thought, this guy is quality. You know, he's just one of those guys that has integrity, he says what he says, means what he says, he has just, just such a leader, he's a father. So I encourage you, just enjoy him because he's going to lead you guys in a great, great life. Well, hi. Happy Father's Day. Come on, let's give it up for those fathers in the house today. Pretty cool. And uh, so there was a plane in in, uh, Alaska. These two guys, uh, they were attorneys. Now, first of all, that's a bad start right there. And uh, they ended up getting on this plane because they were just going to shoot down to Anchorage and, and uh, I think Fairbanks to Anchorage, something like that. And this guy, they got on a private plane and the guy got up there and got into the clouds and the pilot passed out. They could not wake him up and these two attorneys are, now they're freaking out. They're like, we got to do something. Where are we and they can't, they're shaking the guy. They're smacking him on the face. They're going, bro, wake up, wake up, wake up. Nothing. So the one guy says, grab the radio and tell somebody. <laughs> so the one guy grabs the radio and says, hello? Some of you that might be aviators, you know that there's this language you have to talk. Yeah, well, he had none of the language. He was like, help, save us, we're in trouble. And all of a sudden, this big flight, this big plane that was going to China turned around and said, okay, I'm going to stay with you just a little bit and I, until you get connected to the uh, airport at uh, where I think it was Fairbanks here going. So the guy hung with them, and eventually they connected, and he said, okay, listen to this guy's voice. He'll bring you home. And the big tanker turned and just took off. And he's like, okay. It's kind of like Christians, you know. They first become Christians, somebody leads them, and then all of a sudden they're gone. And then people start bringing things to you, and God starts speaking. But here's what happened. He said, okay, now there's all the controls are in front of you. I know that plane. I'm going to bring you through this. Go ahead and grab on. Do this and that. But you need to, right now, start pulling back and getting that plane higher because in four minutes you're going to hit a mountain. 
Yeah. So he pulls the thing back and they're just climbing. He says, okay, you're good. And he brought them right over the mountain. You know, in life, it's kind of interesting sometimes. We need to hear God's voice to get over some of the obstacles in our life. And there he was flying. Now, I'll tell you what, what's cool about this thing is the guy literally talked him all the way to Fairbanks. He stayed on, he said, listen, if you don't, if this radio goes out, you're in trouble. You listen to my voice, I will get you there. Do everything I tell you to do. So the guy's flying. Eventually, the guy, the, the pilot never woke up. Never. And he ended up landing this, this attorney. Thank God they can do other things. That, no, never mind. So anyway, <laughs> this attorney finally brings and literally landed the plane at the Fairbanks airport and everybody was safe. Never landed it, never did it. And that all it was was this guy on there talking to him saying, I will walk you through this. I just want you to know our lives are all about just listening to his voice. You want to know where to start with that? Just open the Bible. Just read a little bit of it every day. I have the app. I have it in my truck. Uh, when I travel, I listen to the app. I read the app. It's just amazing. And I just want you to know there are two voices out there. There's God's voice and there's the devil's voice. And you got to get to a point where you know exactly which one is God's. And the way to do it is by reading this book. When you read this book, you become very familiar because here's what happens. As you're reading it, you'll go, oh, God will speak to you. Now do you see what I'm showing you in this? Oh, yeah, I see. And every time you do that, you're strengthening your ears. You're strengthening your hearer. And all of a sudden, God's word just is like, oh, now you're out in the truck. Now you're out. God says, oh, I want you to give $20 to that mother at the, at the gas pump. The Lord knows we need that right now. And you just know God's voice. So you go, you know what? I don't know what the circumstance is. You grab that 20 bucks. You walk over. You say, I just want you to know God loves you. I'm not trying to be weird or anything. I just want you to know God loves you. And here's 20 bucks. I felt he wanted me to give this to you. And all of a sudden, tears start pouring down her face because she's just like, you have no idea what happened in my life today and all this. And God just does something super, all because we just listened to God doing. You see, this life that we live is the most exciting, powerful, awesome exuberant life you could ever imagine. If you're really in, get in. Because it gets exciting. And it's fun. And it's not weird. Just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, and this is what it says. For God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power. Uh, you know what? I'm not, I don't like it when pastors say, say this after me, but you mind saying this? God, is, God gives us a spirit of 
power. God gives us the spirit of love and God gives us the spirit of self-discipline. Do you know what? Everybody thinks that self-discipline, they think, oh, that's why I can be a good boy or a good person. No! It's to do what God's called you to do. You see, we're so concerned about being good that we miss out on most of the good stuff. You see, God... If we get, oh, I need to do this. Come on up here, young buck in the, yeah, 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 drummer, fly. This is my man. Anybody that can drum like you, put a foot right there and come on up, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're not messing around here. We're doing the real thing. Let me explain this to you real quick. Inside of this man, he has a spirit. That comes from God. In Hebrews, it says, the word of God is living, active, powerful, sharper than a double-edged sword that divides the soul from the spirit. The spirit is our spirit man. The soul is our flesh. Have you ever noticed that what you want to do, you don't do, and what you don't do, you want to do? Huh? How many can relate to Paul? God, what is the deal here? I tried to be a good guy, but I'm not a good guy. Let me help you out with that, dads, moms, kids, everybody. You can never be good by trying to be good. You got to get that in. Here's what has to happen. The spirit has to become bigger. And the soul has to become smaller. That's why the word of God cuts it. It divides it. It knocks it out. Why? So that this spirit becomes bigger. And when the spirit gets bigger in you, all of a sudden you just do things the right way. Why? Because the spirit's running stuff. You go, oh man, I haven't been a jerk for a month. I haven't done that. I've, I actually speak nice things to my wife. Why? Because the spirit is starting to control and the flesh is getting smaller and smaller. And guess what? It had nothing to do with you working and I'm going to be better, I'm going to be better. No, 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 no. It had to do with God, you saying, God, come on in and releasing and yielding yourself. God comes in and starts fixing stuff. Thank you. I, you might want to go down that way. Now let me help you out with something. The devil's a liar, and we're gonna get to that in a little bit. But the devil lies to you. Why? First of all, he hates God. He lies to you many times, even from a child on. He'll say, oh, you, you don't have what it takes to do that. You're not smart enough. You're, and, you know, and you know what? Every parent has made bad decisions. Every parent has said bad things. I'm a parent, I've done it. And I mean, it's like, dude, how stupid are, no, I never call my kids stupid, I don't think, but I was like, how unintelligent was that? You know, I don't know, so. But you hear things, and there are, when you're kids, the devil always puts a little truth in his lie so you believe it. You'll never amount to anything. Shape up, what is wrong with you? You just got to start, you don't have any brains in that head. 
Lie, 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 lie. But the problem is, we believe lies. And those lies go down in here, and another lie goes in, and another lie goes in, and another lie goes in, and all of a sudden we have what they call a stronghold. And the stronghold controls your thinking. Everything goes through that stronghold. It makes you lose your courage. It makes you live in unbelief. Well, God loves Pastor Dave. God loves Pastor Sheldon, but he doesn't love me. You lose your self-confidence. You stop from living the life you're supposed to live. And I just want you to know that God can turn that around right now. Don't ever think, well, I should have done it. I mean, you know what? Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I, said to my, I say to my wife, every once in a while I'll say, you know what? I should have bought And she's like, Dave, don't tell me your should'ves. I go, thank you, sweetheart. You're such a wonderful wife. Don't tell me what you could have done. You're doing what you're doing, and it's awesome. Rock on, big boy. I'm like, okay. Don't live in the past. Live right now in the present. This is your day. Guess what? God will fix all the old stuff. Hey, he can take you from the prison to the palace in one day. He's done it. Just read the Bible. Watch those guys. So, one of the strategies of the evil, because let me, let me tell you how this works. I love the Green Bay Packers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that Aaron's coming home. But, I love the Packers, but I'll tell you what, if you don't understand your opponent, you're in big trouble. They study. We're playing the Colts this week. I want to know who they are. I want to know what's going on. I want to know. Now, you don't go overboard. In our life, we have a spiritual enemy, the devil. Now, I don't want to know a lot about him, but I don't want to forget that he's there because he's coming for us. So, the enemy's strategy is this. He intimidates us in our minds so that we start to think goofy thoughts about who we are. You may be the most wonderful person in the world, and the devil, his goal is to make you think that you're the lousiest person in the world. Why? So he can destroy your future because he knows if you do what God's called you to do, it's going to change the world. Every one of you has un believable potential. Those kids that you're hugging right there, unbelievable potential, Dad. Phenomenal. Listen, I don't care what your life was like. I really don't. Well, you think Jesus came up to Mary Magdalene and said, well, <laughs> you're a hooker. You're probably not going to get some, you're, it's going to mess up your ministry. No. He went up to her and said, be set free in the name of Jesus Christ and go forth. Don't sin anymore. Rock on, girl. And that girl went and told her whole town about Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool. So you know what? Forget about the past. We all have one. 
I got some good stuff, I got some lousy stuff. That's life, right? Somebody, how many have had some interesting things in your past? Okay, I got 90% of you tell the truth. Okay, just checking. <laughs> good thing I'm a wonderful dad. How do we fix it? And I'm just going to talk about this. The way we fix this problem is to magnify God. Remember? You get your spirit bigger, your soul smaller. Okay, that's how you do it. So you magnify God. I can remember going, uh, I went to North Central University, and um, uh, during the winter, I, you know, I mean, I was a Wisconsin boy. I grew up in Eau Claire. And uh, uh, they said, anybody, this is like on January or February, they said, hey, we want to send some kids to Florida uh, to work there in the summer. And I'm like, <laughs> you know. And the guy got a hold of me said, Dave, you'd be perfect. You're going. So I got to represent North Central at the camps in Florida for 10 weeks. It was God's will. So I get down there. It was hotter than pistols, by the way, too, but I didn't care. And uh, I got down there, and this guy called Uncle Dick ran the camp. It was unbelievable camp. He, this guy built, you, you, some of you dads are going to love this. He literally took a helicopter wing or whatever those things are, propeller, thank you, with your NASA shirt on. I love it. You're, you're helping me with this. So the propeller, and he had the engine with the propeller, and he did it, put some weights on one side, then had a rope on the other side with you hold on to. And he built it in the middle of the lake. Now, it was a small lake, and he built a, a concrete thing in this lake. I don't know how he did it. He's like, poured a bunch of dirt first. He got dirt out there, filled it up, then put a concrete slab on there and put this motor on there and would take kids, and they couldn't wait to get on that thing. They were like, they loved it. And then if he kind of knew the kid was, you know, strong or whatever, at the end, he'd just crank it up a little bit and that kid would go, just flying and laying in the water and all that. And he built this thing, literally, I don't know how many people showed up every week, but there was thousands and thousands of kids that found Jesus Christ at that camp. It was just phenomenal. One day he said to me, hey, Dave, when they get up there to give their testimony, because I was a speaker for the, for the summer, he said, when they get up there, don't let them talk about the devil so much. Oh, I was this, and I was that. And the devil. He said, you got to have a little bit of that, but then I really want to hear about what Jesus has done in their life. And so, anyway, you know, I tell them, hey, you know what, let's keep the devil part small and the God part big. Oh, yeah, okay, Pastor Dave, yeah, okay. So they would do that. And it was just unbelievable. And I just want you to know, that guy built a camp that ministered to thousands of kids. It was phenomenal. And he had no legs. He had two little shriveled legs about this big. Full man. Full man from here, here, here. And then all of a sudden right here, he had two little legs that went about this long. He sat in a chair, and he'd flip one over, he'd flip one back. 
he would come up to the water to go start his airplane machine and he would crawl out of that golf cart, he would slide himself up to the edge of the water, and then he would dog paddle out. And he'd get out there and he'd climb up, and everybody called him Uncle Dick. But you know what? That guy never said, I can't do it. He never said, he never believed the lies of the enemy. I'll tell you what you talk about, lie fodder. Think about how the devil could have lied to him. You got no legs, dude. You're a loser. Everybody laughs at you. What's wrong with you? You can't do this. And Uncle Dick said, I'm going to do exactly what God's called me to do. I don't care. And he had this woman we called Aunt Betty. She would push him around in the wheelchair and all that sort of stuff. And I, my life has changed because of a guy that had no legs who would not give up. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't care what lies the devil has told you, you just tell the devil to take a hike because you are not bound by the lies of the devil, you are bound by the words of Jesus Christ. And he says you're a royal priesthood and a holy nation, you're not the tail, you're the head. He goes through it all and says, I could take you from the prison to the palace in one day, just live for me and I will bless your socks off. Amen? Amen. Come on, Jesus. We need to make God a lot big. We need to have him huge. We need to have him big in our lives, in our problems, in our relationships. Hey, listen, I've been married for 38 years. It's been 37 of the best years of my life because the first one was really bad. But I didn't let it destroy our lives. Could have. And of course, as every husband in this place knows, it was all my fault. I just helped some young buck out. Let me tell you what happens when the devil lies to you. The lies we believe are this. I don't deserve Jesus' love. Ever heard that one? I was bad. What's your first name again? Jim. Jim. Right, Jim? I was bad. I'm not good enough. Right? Oh, come on. Oh, listen. Let me tell you something. The devil doesn't tell me all the lies and not tell you the lies. He tells all of us the lies. He just figures out which ones are going to cut your heart. And then after he cuts it, he adds some more to that cut. Jesus will not set me free from my habitual sins. Lie. I, by the way, you're starting CR? Rock on. Love CR. I, don't do, I deserve the pain and the suffering. God the Father will only like me if I'm good enough. God the Father will only love me if I accomplish what he wants. Do you know what? That's a lie. Do you know the Bible says God is love? It doesn't say God has an attribute of love. Uh-uh. It says God is love. And by the way, that love is agape with him. So that means it doesn't matter what you do, he's going to keep loving you. Isn't that cool? Come on. 
He's gonna love you if you're a good boy or a bad boy. Or girl. He's gonna love you. Now, I like it that when we get to know Jesus, we wanna live for Jesus. I'm cool with that. That's what we want. But the point is, sometimes you gotta get over the hump and go, God loves me even with my past. I can never be made, I can never be what God wants me to be. Man, I thought that one. I'm a failure. I'm not smart enough. I don't know how to understand the things around me. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Now, listen what happens when we start to believe those lies. When we believe those lies, it blocks the intimacy that we have with God. This book is really a book about freedom. That's what this is. The de- this whole world that we live in is nothing but lies and traps. I mean, the Lord knows that I'm not even going to government or gas prices right now, so I'm gonna leave it at that. <clears throat> When we believe a lie, it blocks the relationship we have with God. Why? Because we believe this lie more than we believe God's word. Hey, are you hearing me? We believe the lie more than we believe God's word. That's the truth. And we've got to get to a point where all of a sudden we're done believing the lie. And when we do, when we do, all of a sudden freedom comes to our spirit. And by the way, that opens up the door for healing and restoration. It's pretty cool. Now, when the devil lies to us and we believe it, we feel guilt. But guess what? God frees us from our guilt. We have shame. We have insecurity. The devil wants you to be guilty. He wants you to be filled with shame. He wants you to be filled with insecurity, feelings of inadequacy. He wants you to feel like you're a failure. He wants you to be withdrawn. He wants you to avoid doing things for God. Hey, God can say, by the way, it could be the perfect thing for you. The church is going to have a rummage sale. Oh, I've done rummage sales before. And yeah, but you know what? You'd look what you did when you were 15 years old. Maybe I shouldn't do the rummage sale. No, you're set free from what you did when you were 15 years old. Go do the rummage sale. Make some money for missionaries. Get beyond the lie. Okay, let's keep going. Critical of myself. How many of you ever been hard on yourself? Yeah, guess what? God doesn't like that. You want to know why? Because he made you. Jimmy, he made you. Come on, bro. He made you just the way you are. You're going, well, God, why couldn't have you put me in a little better package? That's what I thought. Little, yeah. I love it. And God says, I created you perfect. 
in your package, in your mind, in your heart. You see, we are not, we are not powerful because we look good or whatever. We're powerful because of the Spirit of God that lives in us. When you walk into a room, you should be changing the presence of that room without ever opening your mouth. Walk, watch this. The Spirit of God is on you and you're called into a work event or whatever event or a party and you walk in and when you walk in, you don't have to say one word, you just glow. You just glow, why? Because Jesus is on you. You'd be surprised what a smile will do. Nice to see you. And all of a sudden, God just pours out. You see, this whole ministry thing is a lot easier than we give it credit for. If we will just give life and hope and just be there, God will take care of the rest. His Holy Spirit's already working on people. His Holy Spirit's already doing the job. He just needs us to keep it going forward. That's it. So let's keep going. Sometimes we're hard on ourselves. We feel irritable. We're aggressive. We have aggressive negative behavior. Ooh. We have stress, feeling betrayed, low self-esteem, trauma, confusion, vulnerable, depression, not being who I am or who, what is this? Not being who I am called to be living a fake life. Oh, there you have it. You know what? Just be you. You don't have to be, you don't have to be like somebody else you admire. Just be you. If you do, it's a fake life. We already got the fake news. We don't need to have fake lives. So we just be ourselves, right? Just be ourselves. Everybody's got a, I don't care who it is, they all got a different slant on something. Just be yourself and let love and grace flow from you. Feeling unworthy. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So what is a stronghold? Well, there's different phases to it, but one of it is this. A rock comes in that's a lie. Another rock comes in. Another rock comes in. You know, when I think of Joseph, who was despised by his brothers, sold into slavery, ends up literally um, in prison. He, he finally gets a good job working for Potiphar. Then Potiphar's wife tries to do something weird with him. He ends up in prison. Can you imagine... And now we're talking years in prison. We're not talking a month or two in prison. This was a long period. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? God, you don't love me. God, you don't care. God, what did I do? What did I do to deserve all this? And what was God doing? He was killing him. 
He allowed him to die. His dad told him, oh, you're my favorite. Well, you know what? When you're told you're the favorite from the moment you're born and you get the fancy coat and you get all that, you feel pretty good about yourself, right? Now, I'm just telling you this. Let's just be really real. God, I had the privilege of pastoring a church, grew to over a thousand people. It was amazing. It was six and a half million dollar building. But I'm gonna tell you what, none of that would have been able to be done if I hadn't died first. I went through some stuff that literally, I mean, my heart was pounding. One day I was having a heart attack. I was 30-some years old, having a heart attack, just dying. I asked the girls, would you? I, I was in so much pain, I couldn't reach the phone. That's how bad it was. I'm sweating profusely. It's just unbelievable. And I go, girls, can you come in here? They walked in and go, oh my, they saw me and go, oh, their eyes got this big, pastor, what's wrong? I said, could you just call 911? I can't reach the phone. And they go, oh yeah, we're gonna pray for you first. I thought, great, I'm dead, then they come. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> they laid their hands on me and started praying for me and I felt the presence and the power of God come on me so uniquely amazing. It was just amazing. And I was just like, oh my word. And then God spoke to me, the pilot. And God said to me, are you gonna take your hands off of this church and let me build it? Yeah. And I went, well, if death is the other option. Okay. I died that day. So here's the deal. Don't resist death. What does Jesus say? He says, you want to be a leader? You have to die, right? Jesus says, I go to the cross. I lay down my life so that you can live. When we go and die... Jesus lives. You know, a lot of times we just want the good stuff. You know what? A lot of us really want a Savior. We want a Savior. But what we really need is a Lord. We want to be saved. Oh, I just want to go to heaven. It's great. But Jesus didn't come just to be your Savior. He came to be your Lord. And that's where we go, Lord Everything is yours. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? There's a lot of dads in here today. Got a great crowd. And let me say something I said earlier because I don't want you to misunderstand what I said. It seems like Everybody, I don't care what side they're on, they're pushing agenda, pushing agenda, trying to get us to believe whatever. And my whole point is this, what we need to believe is what's true and that's the word of God. You know what the Bible says? We win in the end. 
says we get to go to heaven. It says we're gonna hear wars and rumors of wars. But don't be alarmed because I'm gonna come back and take you to be with me. Then we know the end's coming by those things. So my point is, whatever side of the fence and all of that, please, my point is not trying to raise up one against the other or whatever. My point is, let's focus on Jesus Christ because he's gonna change everything. You're sitting here today and you say, Pastor Dave, I really need to start a new life. With every head bowed, just do me a favor, no one look around right now, just for the sake of your friends. Just don't look around. If you're here today and you say, I need to start a new life, and you want to ask Jesus to come into your life or you want to restart your engine with Christ and surrender the lies and everything else, don't look around right now, but would you do me a favor? Just raise your hand wherever you're seated. I'm going to pray. Okay, there's hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. Raise them high. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, oh, 20, okay, 21, okay. There's a whole bunch of hands. You can put your hands down. There's at least 21 hands that are raised. Let's all, this, let's all pray this prayer together to reboot our life with Christ. And then we'll finish. I'd like to ask everyone to repeat this prayer. Let's do it as one body, one church. Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to cleanse my heart. Jesus, I give my life to you. Take my life. Do beautiful things with it. I submit it to you. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for being my Savior. And I will follow you as my Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's give the Lord a praise offering. Wow. Praise God. Congratulations for those of you that just asked Jesus into your heart. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. It's the only reason we're born until we die. The real reason we're here is to, is to make a decision whether we'll follow Jesus or not, and then minister for him, whether we do that through work or whatever. If you're a dad today, would you just stand up real quick? Just stand up. Actually, if you're a man, go ahead and stand up. If you're a man, stand up. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all the dads here. I pray, God, that they would speak life into their wives. Speak life into their children. Wherever they go, things would change. God, I pray that you would give them love. God, I pray the lies they believe would be dissolved and they would walk in freedom and joy. And God, help them not to look back at their mistakes, but help them to look forward to their future.
In Jesus' name we pray, amen.